Hey there and welcome to The Gong Show. My name's Steph Postuma. I'll be joined by chefs Andy Burns and Simon Evans to talk all things food and hospitality. And on this week's episode, number 22, we have Dash Rumble and Ross McQuinn from Pilot Restaurant in Canberra. The crew from Pilot were up in Wollongong to do a couple of days of collaboration events with Andy Burns from Babyface Kitchen, and we caught up with them while they were here. We talked about what it's like opening a new business, a new fine dining venue in Canberra, a bit about the culinary landscape in Canberra, and also about the realities and practicalities of a first year in operation. Really enjoyed having a chat with these guys and getting into what they do and what they're passionate about, and we we hope you enjoy the chat too. So let's get into it. All right. Welcome to the podcast. What's up? We're here for another episode. Episode 22. Sick. 22. Joined by Andy Burns from Babyface Kitchen and Two Smoking Barrels. Hey. Simon Evans from Caveau Restaurant. Hello. And Ross and Dash from Pilot in Canberra. Hi. <laughs> you can wave at the microphone and people will see that you're waving. <laughs> um, we're going to do an acknowledgement of country. We'd like to acknowledge the Wadi Wadi people of the Darawal Nation, who are the traditional custodians of the land of the Illawarra, and pay respect to elders past, present and emerging. Andy you got to start. Tell us uh, why Ross and Dash sitting in Babyface Kitchen right now with us. Well, they came to hang out for a couple of days and run around the floor and help Jen. And Mel's uh, in the kitchen now, actually, getting ready for tonight, which will be the second night of our pilot Babyface collab. Um, I went down and cooked for a couple of days in March, late March. Um, and now... They've come up to sort of, I guess, return the um, gesture. Awesome. And it's been lovely so far. Yeah. Cool. Um, pretty, pretty chill last How night. did you guys so, first connect? Uh, our original 2IC came up to Babyface uh, late last year or early this year. Um, and it had always been a restaurant that had been on our radar, but we just hadn't happened to um, be able to come up and come in. But Caitlin uh, and her partner dined here and said it was amazing and awesome and Andy came out and had a chat with them and said that he'd heard of us and had met Mal a couple of years ago and we should do something. So then, uh, as very modern age, we sent him a message on Instagram and um, then came up to the <laughs> restaurant and, and ate here and had a chat and then just locked it all in. He DM'd me. Yeah, we that's, a, that's just how it works these days, really. Yeah. 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 you just got to slide into DMs because you know that people are on there. You're like, oh. <laughs> a lot of sliding talk going on here, guys. Um, <laughs> I'm good with it. Let's talk about, let's talk about Pilot, guys. Um, you've been open for almost a year, you were saying, just before. Tell us, like, why you decided to open a restaurant in the style of Pilot, like... You know, it being what it is and where it is in Canberra. Yeah, I think um, I think for us, we always knew we wanted to do something, and the biggest motivator was doing a restaurant that we ourselves wanted to eat at. And I think it's a style of restaurant that you know Babyface has here. There are plenty of examples in Sydney and Melbourne, but we struggled to think of a really good example in Canberra. Um, you know, there's 
there's places doing this style of food like by Rockford, but that's much more a bar, or Aubergine, but that's much more white table cloth fine dining. Um, and we just kind of wanted to get that middle middle ground, you know. We were inspired places like Embler and Esther and kind of wanted to bring something like that to Canberra and didn't really see it there. Um, but yeah, it was always just about being a place that we really wanted to go and eat. Mm. Do you think that... Um because I agree with you. I feel like in Canberra that there's a sort of a gap there because a lot of the best of um, a lot of the best dining there, a lot of their regular base is government government employees, lawyers, bureaucrats, and those sorts of people. So it's good. It's got that sort of slightly old school tinge to some of like the highest quality dining you can get in Canberra. Yeah. And yeah, and then that's yeah something that was definitely missing. Have you found what's the response been like since you guys have been open? Yeah, it's been good. It's, it's Canberra's a funny place in that I think people want to be told what's good. So early on, we had almost everyone, uh, well, not not everyone, we had a bunch of good reviews, but we had a lot of people saying, like, oh, are you sure? Is, you know, is this the right thing? Is this what you should be doing? And then as soon as, you know, we had a couple of, of pretty nice reviews from some bigger publications, suddenly everyone's on board and goes, oh, wow, you guys are great. We've been saying it all along. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's, it's definitely been an intriguing challenge. I think us being first-time restaurateurs and, and um, as everyone's very quick to point out, quite young, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's come with a lot of doubt, but I think we're, we're slowly chipping away at people. Um, yeah, we've enjoyed it, and we're still enjoying it, and um, the people that come in the door seem to be enjoying it, so that's kind of, kind of good. I got cool. told I was 15 by a customer one night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 16. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, it's awesome. No, she, I, I was shamed at the table, and she um, asked who the owner was, and I said it was me, and she said, you're 15. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, don't worry about the young thing. Yeah. <laughs> what about when, because um, we had, like, an older... An older guy working for us, not even that old, but how old would he be? Like, like, yeah, late 30s yeah. or something. Um, but he had just signed off, and then like the table came up to us, and they were like, Who's the owner? And Ross is like, Oh, it's me. And she's like, No, it's not. It was that older man that was here before you. And we were like, Oh, right. yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Just kidding. And then we we're like, No, seriously. No, but, <laughs> but yeah, they walked out the door laughing, thinking that he just signed off because he was, you know, yep, cool, all right, you guys pack up the shop. And yeah, they walk out the door, they're like, great joke. And we're like, no, no, no it's seriously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's to me, it's yeah. cute that people think the owner leaves first. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's yeah. really cute. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. that's reality. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, just going home. It's funny when they ask you, like, I've had multiple people be like, so you still in uni? <laughs> no. Really? Do you work full time here? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Who's the owner? Yeah. It's me. <laughs> have you guys just been like, you know, hospo crew in Canberra for a long time and just kind of knew we, we want to open our own place at some point? And, and, and so, like, why, why did you come to, like, why was Pilot the right decision for that point in time? Like, what made it, made you guys ready to sort of like take that step and become restaurateurs? Uh, I think for us it was about not missing the opportunity. Um, you know, we had this idea which we thought was pretty fully formed and we'd been speaking with Mal, um, Malcolm Hanslow, uh, for a while and he'd been up in Sydney. Um, we all met at, at 86, yep. um, you know, six, six years ago now and we're working there for, for a long time. Mal moved to Sydney and we kind of had this idea pretty fully formed. Um, 
And then we just kind of got to the point where we were like, well, if we don't do it now, who knows what will happen? Uh, someone might open the exact sort of restaurant that we really want to open. Uh, you know, Mal might move overseas or something. You know, there might there might be any number of things. So we kind of just we saw the opportunity and we kind of just went, well, let's let's do it. Let's let's get it done. I'd rather I'd rather do it now and if it all fucks up, have said that I tried rather than wait and ten years down the track go. We wish we did that sort of thing. Um, yeah. And try and get the hard, like the hard couple of years out while you're still yeah. still, still yeah. a bit of life yeah. left in you. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. you're like, well, what's the next step? It's either like, you know, go work in Sydney and you know try really hard, and it's going to take so long to get to that point, or like, yeah, the opportunity came up to open partly in that spot, and you're like, just do that instead. That's a good. That's a good space too. Yeah. That's sick. Okay. Yeah, and I mean the other thing is we knew the space, so it was. Uh, most recently occupied for, uh, by Gus from 86, who opened up the most recent iteration of Pulp Kitchen. And Mel helped open it. Um, like, so he just kind of come in and set some things up. And I was the opening manager for two weeks, and then I got fired. Um, so then I bought, <laughs> I bought the restaurant. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll so, show Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's a long story. But yeah, so he, he fired me and then I went to go make spirits for a little while and then he messaged me one day and just said, hey, I know you guys have kind of been like tentatively looking at spaces. Do you want to buy pulp? And I went, yeah, absolutely. Did um, you always envisage Pilot to be in the suburbs or were you looking at places in the city or Braddon or the more busy areas? I think it wasn't really about... It had to be in the suburbs, but we definitely wanted a building in had character so like we even on Monster Street there's a few um, there's a few spaces that like used to be like old you know, repco or something so they're like they've got a bit of a cool feel to them and we were looking at one of those and the rep was like super high and it cost a lot to fit it out and everything so I think it was more about like the feel of the building that I guess worked for, yeah. I guess I think, I think it's kind of worked out because um, there's this really cool I, like I've I've seen it in Canberra more than I have anywhere else where the little suburban shops has, you know, an IGA, a bottle a post office, a pub, and also a pretty decent restaurant. Mm. You know, aubergines in Griffith shops. Totally. Um, Exos and Marabunda shops. Uh, land rooms. Land rooms and Canberra shops. Sort of yeah. thing. So I think it kind of worked out. And, um, the other thing was we wanted to be a little bit of a destination rather than... Uh, rather than just kind of strolling past and going, oh, let's pop in. We wanted our diners to sort of understand that they're here for the experience that we're providing them, and I think part of that was was making them kind of go out of their way a little bit. So, yeah, we did look in Bradham, but I'm really happy with where it, where it worked out, even though we get absolutely no walk-ins, and, you know, um, that turnover would probably be higher in Bradham, but I think we're, we're quite happy. Mm. It allows us to do the restaurant, but I think we really wanted to do it. Mm. Yeah, I think that, yeah, you, I guess you've got to, got to think about that balance and, like, if you've got it in the back of your mind that you might be getting X number of walk-ins every night, that might make, make, make you guys make some decisions that, are, that you wouldn't otherwise when you are focused on bookings and, and being a destination, which yeah, is yeah, really cool. You want to have kind of some control over your customer base. It's, it's the, the hardest thing to stretch control, but yeah. you want the right people coming in because if you get the wrong people coming in, that's just going to lead to you know, bad, bad, yeah. bad feedback and bad word of mouth. 
for no fault of the food or the atmosphere or yeah. anything about the restaurant. Yeah. Just people who come. Like, you, you, everyone gets hostility. Someone sits down and you're like, you're going to have a shit time tonight. I'm <laughs> fucking tell. And you try your best. And you're always trying to push and try and make you leave. And sometimes you can turn them. But sometimes you just know they're... They, they, they've come to the wrong restaurant. Yeah. yeah. And it's not into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ever happened to you, Andy? I missed the first bit. <laughs> <laughs> Get shit customers. Oh, no, no. All our customers are wonderful. <laughs> no, we actually... The walk-in thing for us is a funny one because we are definitely a restaurant where... You can, I can pick them from the kitchen at the front door if they don't know what we do and they sit down and run through things. Like, we have people, we've had people get up and just say, oh, yeah, we'll probably just go. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. We walk into almost like 50 50 chance, or they walk into, and we're like, Pepper's late, she's like, they're still here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, cool, right, cool. Awesome. <laughs> sometimes, yeah, and sometimes they surprise you, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, especially sometimes people walk in and then spend $120 on tasting menu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're like, yeah. shit, are you just walking around like, for this? Like, yeah. fuck. Like, like, who's <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, the place really does a tasting menu. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just walk up and down the street until we find one. Just walking to break in your mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was strolling past in the middle of nowhere. It must be really cool though for you guys, like when it comes to walk-ins. You must get I mean you must you get both sides of the spectrum, right? Like people that don't understand what you do and and, and kinda are sitting through it, like getting through it, just being like, Yeah, we didn't sign up for this, but like I guess we're here now. And and then the people and then and then people who um who are like super stoked because they found something awesome that yeah, they're like really true, into true. and they didn't even know existed. So yeah, it's definitely flipped to it. I think like for us who being basically like tasting menu only, that filters them out very quickly. Yeah. Because they know they're committing to spending yeah. money. Um, so that yeah, that definitely like we weeds them out in a sense. So if they're willing to spend the money and they look at the menu and think, oh shit, that sounds good, then they're hopefully probably gonna have a good time. Yeah, we've we've at least got the a la carte offering. Yeah. Both our places, so if they can just get away with saying, "Oh, let's have a glass of wine and two things," yeah, 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 yeah. yeah which works. is which is also fun. That's what we do. Yeah, yeah, nice. Do you get a lot of walkings in? You guys get a lot. Goes on runs. Yeah, like we'll get none for ages, and then sometimes like we get like a bunch. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And they always come on the night where you're full anyway. Like, you know, they rock yeah. up at 7 and they're like, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're, trying to, if you're trying to walk in on 7 o'clock on a Saturday anyway, you're getting pretty easy. Last night, last, last episode, we were talking about growth and about buying, like, extending your business portfolio and opening new venues and things like that. And I guess this, this is a cool contrast because we're talking to you guys who a one year into your first business what's it been like and I'll give you a specific question are there any like small challenges or big small or large challenges that you just weren't expecting like is there anything that's been really hard that you didn't see coming uh, very personally here I didn't expect the like emotional toll as much like I thought I'd be able to like kind of compartmentalise it a little bit and go, you know, we, we always intended that the first, or expected that the first year was going to be, you know, not amazing financially. I wasn't exactly signing out to get a Tesla straight away. But, you know, uh, 
it's definitely emotionally been really, really tough. Like, you go one week and you're like, we're king shit, we're, yeah. you know, we're on top of the world, we get a great ride up and gourmet traveler, we're full, and we're like, fuck, like, this is it. And then you go to the next week and you serve two people on a Wednesday night, and you're like, what am I doing? Like, why is no one here? We're shit, we're changing everything. Um, so I think the emotional thing has been the biggest thing for me. Um, you know, I, I'm doing the books for the first time, it, like for any biz, like you know, for anything. I did study commerce at, at uni, but doing it in, in real life is a bit different. But that, like, that's kind of what's to be expected. It's a little bit more work. It's it's, it's fine though. But yeah, I think for me the biggest thing is definitely the emotional kind of journey. Mm, it's the roller coaster. Yeah. yeah. Dash. That's that's the same for me. That's yeah. Like dealing with me. Particularly like yeah, like Ross and I have worked together before. And also it's really interesting because like when we were at A six I was the manager and he was the yeah, the two I see. But now we're like more of a team and it's very I've noticed a lot of things about myself that he's like put me on and I've just been like and I have it coming from my partner as well as like my business partner so like I guess yeah emotional everyone thinks of myself this is why Tom had to kind of be quite honest about besides like what we're actually good at yeah. what we're actually good at or what we think we're good at yeah. and yeah. split up tasks accordingly so you're kind, of, you're kind of brutally honest with that, and, and that's still kind of evolving. It's like one of us does one thing. He's like, "No, I'm not as good as you thought I was." Like, oh, Maybe we should reassess that as well. Um, but yeah, little, yeah, little things like that. And he said, like, to see those, like, when we the first month we opened, most to get that kind of uh, new things. People came in. We're just looking at the bank and being like, "Fuck you." Oh, probably get me a BMW or something. Yeah, <laughs> and then, then you realise that winter comes, and uh, and, and you look at like, day day to day because you've got such a small sample, and that can just be like really disheartening. Yeah, and kind of really just like kind of you know, just start contrast into the good times. Well, we, we kind of found that the, when you have a bigger sample size, you just stop looking at those days. Yeah, it's like ah, we're dead. We'll write that one off. The weeks are right, or the months are right, or the, you know, the six month period's been good. That, I've literally just started doing that in the last week. Like, yeah. I, I would look day to day, week to week. Yeah, like, yeah. exactly. To the hour. Like, yeah. No one at six o'clock. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. And I, about a week ago, I called my accountant and said, Hey, I need to rethink the way that we do it because I'm coming to the end of a Sunday night every week and either I'm popping champagne or I'm like, <laughs> lying in the bathtub. Like, that's the only two options. With, also with champagne. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> They were the only two ends of the week, so I was like, "All right, we need to reformat how we how we look at things, so that I don't, yeah, know, yeah, freak out." Yeah, <laughs> that's that's why it's a roller coaster, eh? Yeah. Like, yeah, I I actually like it. Sounds weird, but I can totally relate to so much of what you're saying in my business, yeah. publishing books, because sometimes you'll just have like an awesome week and you'll just be like fuck yeah and then yeah then the next week you sell yeah. zero books <laughs> to and then you just be like um shit this is fucked and like i used to i used to count fucking pennies on every box of books that i sold and things like that but then after having done it for a while and having numerous publications now and you you, you do look at the bigger picture and it's like yeah. eh, like you know now i know where where my big sales are around christmas and things like that and i know yeah. like there's like a pattern and you can yeah, yeah. you can kind of have a bit of bit more reliability on certain times of year and yeah. and project forward and and things like that but it's something that that's definitely um takes a bit of getting used to yeah it's, 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 just yeah it just takes <laughs> so, a bit of getting used to inconsistent industry like yeah. you know, publishing and, and hospitality but it is like that I mean, like that's why you see um 
with Jen does a lot of uh, your back house stuff. So you do yourself like me and Tom were like neither of us want to or know yeah, how to do yeah. that. So that's we we went out and we we found a great bookkeeper and a great accountant who we trust and we just kind of let them do that because they, they, then we feel more comfortable. There there's there's six steps ahead. Like she knows like when we might be celebrating the bank balance of the bases during the week or, or the, like we have this money outstanding credits or something. So yeah. like, she's far ahead. That that lets us be a bit more comfortable with it as well having someone we trust mm. and that's why I, think, like, I mean every business is different like kind of chatting to a, uh, chatting to a bunch of other restaurateurs originally I was trying to like find ways to to you know what was the way to do it but then you chat to everyone it's like there is no the way to do it you know where someone else wants to spend money is where I want to save money and vice yep. versa mm. and like what's important to us is not important to someone else and all that sort of thing so you, you just find, find, find your groove as well yeah. don't you yeah. like I mean yeah the emotional roller coaster, like I'll be focusing, I'll be in the kitchen focusing on something, and then Chen's like in the office focusing on something completely fucking different. Hey, hey, come look at this! Oh like, ah, fuck! Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna cook. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna cook the food. Fucking printers, man. She's ripped the top off the thing. Fucking printers. Chen ripped the top off our old printer. Oh, dude. <laughs> Printers. There's always a 5.30 inside. Printers. I don't know if there's a printer that's ever been made that works. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're like our third one. In a year and a half. Yeah. We bought a gym, bought a good one. And I think it's been better. We went like more and more complicated. Then we're like, nah, just get a fucking black and white one you plug in. It's got one button. I I don't want any complications in it. I don't want to make my fridge. It's all to my fridge. Keep the temperature right. I don't want it. Uh, Printers. We could go down the rabbit hole of printer talk for a long time, mate. Episode 23. Fucking, I was out of yellow ink and I didn't even want to print black. Like, anyway. Um... Let's let's flip the last question. Is there anything in the last year that you've that's come along that's been really rewarding or enjoyable that you didn't expect? Wow, that's a that's a good. One. I guess for I don't know for me it would be I thought that when we opened it it'd be really hard to kind of get our concept and our idea across to guests. Um, but, like, the way that everybody has received it has been all good. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I don't think that off the top of my head that we've really had any really bad reviews, um, which I find really interesting from working in, like, so many other venues. There's always someone that, like, doesn't get it or doesn't like it. Mm-hmm. I think we've had, like, I don't know, like, three people that have really just been like, no, this is, like, not good, you know, not about it at all. That like has really, really surprised me that we mm. didn't really have to fight for our, you know, our idea, I guess. Mm. Yeah, and there's like there's it's another level. There's nothing better than like on a busy night when the restaurant's full and it's humming and it's got that kind of buzz. And you know, I'd always experienced it before, but when it's your own concept and you're like, fuck, like we we did this, yeah. like there's no dead feeling. Like that's kind of why we do it. You know, everyone's having good wine. You know, everyone's. Enjoying the food and it's just that that buzz. But yeah, it's definitely another level when it's your own mm. your own sort of thing. It is mm. nice, hey. Yeah, you yeah. kind of stop. Like I remember 
back when we first opened, you'd kind of stop sometimes. It's like packed and just kind of think, holy shit, I, I fucking did this. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I can't awesome. see the dining room from my kitchen. You <laughs> 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 stick your head out. Like, <laughs> you stick your head out. Well, Tom's already out. Tom's already out there fucking sleeping around. I've the kitchen. Right? <laughs> Someone, someone's got to fucking cook, Tom. Yeah, he tells me it's all right. <laughs> anything, any other things from you, like anything for you guys, like with that same sort of question? Is there anything, like I guess you guys have had businesses for a little bit longer than these guys now? I think it's really nice, like after a few years now, I feel like we've really learned to, um, you know, work our own space and like even with that side of things like everything's still so different from restaurant to restaurant I mean it's the same 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 but in your own space there's certain things you know certain ways we like certain things and I feel like now like our especially with our front of house stuff all our um, and our menu as well but everything's kind of gotten to where we really want it and we're executing it a lot better than we ever have and I probably would have said that a year ago and I probably would have said it another six months before that but like I don't probably say it another year but Um, it is nice to see it uh, kind of, I guess, come together. Um, and no, uh, just learn. I think just learning so much. Like you think you know what's going on, and then you own the place. Mm. And it's nice to, I guess, as a chef for me as well, kind of grow in the, in the sense of like the whole um, the whole offering rather than just the menu, which I've always been so focused on. As a chef working for other people, you're just worrying about the kitchen and the menu and yeah. the prep list and the ordering. And like now, it's like I care about the table settings and I care about the wine. And you know when the tables are being reset and yeah, yeah. all the all the little things. So I care about where people sit. There's tables I love and don't love, and like it's, that's been really cool for me personally as a chef. I'm sure Jen's got different things to say, but um, yeah, it's, it's nice to I guess. I just love learning. Mm. When I'm learning, I feel kind of excited and more passionate, which, again, makes you cook better, I think, and mm. makes the restaurant better. Cool. What's it like? Do you, I think um, business ownership can be... Like, it can give you freedom, but also give you heaps of restriction at the same time. It's like, you're, you're doing... like despite the fact you've got the freedom to do whatever you want with the business because it's yours, like you can close it, you know, for a night if you want or whatever, um, you, you're probably doing more hours than you ever have, I'm going to guess, and and working harder than you ever have, particularly in a first first year of operation. Um, it's it's tough because, yeah, like I think one, one thing, talk personally here, but like one thing that a friend of mine said to me, like, I, I, as a business owner, for a long time, I always had this like sense that every minute that I spent working on my business was an opportunity to improve it, and which meant that I, I found it really, really hard to to relax and give myself time off, mm-hmm. and and to allow myself the freedom that a business owner has has to allow themselves to allow themselves the like the flexibility and the freedom, and. She said to me, the fact that you're a business owner and that you've been doing it for a while now now means that you should have the ability to give yourself time off when you need it. You should be able to identify when you need it. And if your business is is okay and it's going to get by without you for a week or two or however long it is, then 
then then give your give yourself that time and 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 reward yourself for your hard work and i think that's like a huge challenge for a lot of business owners but it, when it's like since it's sunk in for me it's changed the way i work a little bit because i don't let that sort of mentality that every minute i spend on my business being a potential improvement um being you know being something that's always in my head which means that i'm always always kind of working and can never switch off so is is that like how do you guys think about that sort of thing? Have you found that sort of same challenge that that even though there might not be something immediate that needs attention, you just feel like that you need to go there, go you need to go into work and just work on shit? Yeah, I think like the way that we set it up is we, <clears throat> we spoke about this before opening and we were aware that Dash, myself and Mal, anytime the restaurant was open, we were going to be there. So we decided to only do five services so that it, that it would force us to to not go completely over the top. Yep. Um, that being said, obviously on Monday and Tuesday, we're still there and we're still working, <laughs> we're still doing stuff. So yeah, I've definitely found it, it's hard to switch off. I think we've got like little things, you know, like whenever we go exercising or something, like I'll make sure I put down my phone and just like leave it there and it's just like, well, there's an hour where it's like, I'm just not going yep. to do it. But we, we tried to set it up as much as possible that we were knowing ourselves we're kind of minimising that excessive overwork mm. you know it's yeah I don't know it's, yeah. I think even just you saying that the thought like we obviously hang out a lot um, <laughs> 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 <One more twice>. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, and I think that even if we do exercise even though your phone might be off I'll be like oh have you checked that booking on Wednesday or like, <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> Like even when we watch the TV, I'm like, need to call that what's his name? And like, I guess you never really do switch off, but it's not as intense as it would be if we were open, mm. so like seven. Yeah. So like we do have definitely time off, but it is always like a recurring thought. Mm. Always improve, but I don't think that that's necessarily that. That's, that's mm. but, yeah. yeah. But we have to. Like, yeah, well, that's, I mean, that's definitely one way to mitigate it is to yeah. <laughs> tailor your opening hours so it means that, you you know, you can be flexible and you don't necessarily, like, burn yourselves to the ground. That's sort of something similar that you guys have, Simon. Yeah, yeah, so we were just acting five, five, five nights. Um, but then we did tend to add, add on extra things because we are, like, on a Sunday, we would throw a Sunday lunch or a cookery school in. Um, but you, you kind of, you do what you do to... To stay open a lot of times, and that, and that sometimes that means working extra. Like we've had a crazy uh, May, uh, but June should slow down a bit. So I think like it's uh, it's it's easy to be a bit more relaxed about it and take our time when you're you're busier and yeah. you're you're more financially stable. Uh, but when when things aren't going quite so well, then you kind of have to just fucking work more. So you have to put these extra events on or do these like outside catering gigs or whatever it is to, you know, to make that money and that's kind of just the reality of it um, I definitely agree I think when it's those times when you are just at home you're like like just checking bookings or, yeah, or just yeah. like or just seeing like be like oh fuck what am I going to do just trying to switch off for that little minute I always find like like months where we're just working 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 like I don't come up with any new dishes I don't even have like a thought of like the start of a new dish or not even like seeing any ingredient I want to use or like I just like like need to like relax a little bit of time to actually like try and write a new menu or try and come up with a new dish that's going to be good like 
sling out shit to shits whenever you fucking want. But it's fine, that one is going to be like that level that we're looking for. Um, so I always forget, like the quiet times so when I can relax and more is when I can, I can write better food menus. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So I'm, I'm, I'm the same as Simon. Like if I don't, when I'm just here sort of going, 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 like I got to a point last, at the start of this year after January, I was, I was burned. Like I, yeah. I went hard December and um, January and worked way too much, but I just, we were just too busy and just like, just wasn't really, um, I just had to work more to, to keep up with the um, bookings and the things we were, events we were putting on and stuff. Um, but I went away for, 10 days, which I hadn't done in uh, 18 months or something. I hadn't had more than a couple of days off. Um, and I went away for 10 days and it fucking saved my life. <laughs> like, I, I came back and I was, um, I really felt like I could, yeah, get, like I did a heap of new dishes and got some just motivation and really happy to be here. Like, mm. And yeah, I think it can happen really quickly. Like you just don't know. You just go to work grind it out and you kind of don't even know that it's really becoming a fucking grind Mm. Um, it can happen really easily and it's good to when you can try and take a few days to well it's probably like one of the only times I've done it in three and a half or four years but um, Jen and I went to New York in uh, a couple of years ago for two weeks but other than that I haven't really had any time off since we've started our business but um yeah, those 10 days. So my plan this year was to like, just if I can take a five day window from like Sunday to Thursday, I'll, I'll do it when I can. Yep. Um, just to kind of stay on top of... Yourself? You know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And now I play golf. <laughs> yeah. It's a slippery slope. Yeah. It's, slippery it's slippery slope. Slope. The, yeah. the most yeah. frustrating and annoying yeah. game no, in the world. I work 30 hours a week now, so... <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't... I, I don't want to know how many hours I do a week, but I just one day, one day a week I try to get out and play golf and try not to look at my phone. Yep. Cool. And emails and stuff every fucking 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, Which is nice. Let's quickly talk a little bit about Hospo in Canberra. Um, you're going to go? I'm going to bounce. All right. Andy's the party. Andy, I'm tea time. Andy's the party because he has to. Because he has to chop do things <laughs> in the kitchen. But let's continue. Um, yeah, Hospo in Canberra. I mean, I I was Canberra local and well, native. And I've never been. Never been. Let's no, go down, mate. Yeah, here's a good restaurant. You want? Yeah. Haven't been to? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys got the tips? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, last like. Two years ago, I left Canberra or something like that, maybe a little bit more, and it was just at this point where there was a huge amount of new restaurants opening. Like, it was just ridiculous. Like, is it is that is the rate of new openings still the same? Or is it sort of, t- yeah. like, tempered a little bit? No? Uh, yeah, I think definitely. Yeah? Just, like, seriously, new places every few months, I think. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think there was an article at the end of last year talking about how yeah, it was just absurd over the last sort of five years. There was something like 700 new venues to the lane. Um, but I think people could filter through 
mentioned a couple of places that you look to for inspiration before like Embler and Esther and, and, and those types of places and it's that sort of youthful like really modern and you know cool attention to detail but um, I don't know there's something about like the aesthetic and the style of food and, and, and the atmosphere and the character of these places that I, I feel like there's people in camp there's, well, I don't know like when it comes to that old guard of Government, government employees and workers and politicians and things like that—they might not quite get in Canberra. Like, who have you seen as like the your sort of main demographic or the people that come in and really understand and appreciate what you're doing? Well, we have this joke that we're Sydney's most popular restaurant in Canberra. Right. <laughs> on a Saturday night, on a Saturday night, I swear it has like fifty percent Sydney and then fifty percent locals. Like, people are travelling down. Yeah. Say, which is great and it's awesome and it, it means we're getting word out a little bit beyond Canberra but yeah I think the people that get it most are not in Canberra yeah okay right um, which is the, the irony because yeah. we um, maybe take that out but like there's a lot of like AU professors like lots of doctors um, lots of so many like art um, art driven people Services, you know, friendly and casual, and we kind of try and make them feel. So I think, I think that, yeah. 
there was a, there was a bit of a myth. It might might have been a little bit of truth to it. Like the, the older older generation just really can't get this kind of style of restaurant, or, or kind of don't want that style of service. Like I think it's kind of right. I think like when you when you when restaurants kind of go over to the slightly fucking wanky shit side, then it can just be a crap experience for, for anyone of any age. Yeah. I think if, if you're generally just, you know, you're, you're welcoming, you're nice, you're hospitable, and you're professional and you're knowledgeable, like, but that's all anyone wants. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, after that, it's just kind of a style thing. But if, if you can make your people feel comfortable in your space, then, you know, any age can get that. You yeah. still get some dickheads, but that's also when you yeah. as well. Yeah. So I think it's kind of, uh, yeah, kind of, Almost, uh, like I said, our, our, our clientele are, are fairly mixed, but having an existing restaurant where the clientele is significantly older, we do get a big kind of mix of people. And, and people, even some of our regular customers, who've been coming for like 10 years, who loved the way the restaurant was before, now love what we do yeah. as, as much, hopefully more in a way, yeah. when it is quite a stark contrast. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think like we thought we'd have a lot more resistance from the, the locals. It's in Ainsley, it's, it's generally a, an older population, and we thought that they would they would not not like it because we're getting people coming back, you know, every two three weeks. And, yeah. and from that local area, it's, it's great. And I think I think it's more that you know four or five years ago you had a spate of restaurants which confused. Um, sort of casual service with not respectful. Yeah, you know, blase. Yeah. We were both part of that. That climb, let's say. But, you know, like dropping swearing in and sitting down next to the, the customer <laughs> and stuff. It's like, yeah. And they, people thought it was cool because it was like counterculture, yeah, but it yeah. wasn't actually cool. It was just being disrespectful. And I think now there's that that shift back to you can still be comfortable and relaxed and you don't yeah. have to be super formal but you've still got to be on your game you've still got to know your shit you've yeah, still got to yeah, be yeah. nice sort of thing yeah our thing when we opened and trying to get our staff out of a very kind of formal service flow was that every time we take something away um, whether it's how we greet customers or how we talk to customers or the we use we have to like add a level of knowledge that we wouldn't have before yeah. so every time we're getting a little bit more casual we're also just getting just better with when people ask questions or our staff just back straight on yeah. to bounce that out and I think we found a kind of we're starting to get a happy medium it's taken quite a while to, to get everyone kind of used to that um, but we've got a sort of happy medium now where some super knowledgeable but very relaxed relaxed about it not, not preaching or anything like that about yeah. it as well yeah yeah Cool. I, I think that's the most important knowledge yeah. thing. Because yeah, you definitely. can be like as casual as you want, but if you don't know shit, then they're just like, mm. oh, by the fuck are you yeah. Whereas yeah. if you're like, the reason why you're casual is because you know so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. Yeah. Mm. Do you guys find that you have really, like, you know, you're talking about places like Bar Rockford and others where younger people are now operating, you know, modern restaurants and bars and things like that is there a cool little community of you know younger types in Canberra doing that sort of thing because as you said yeah that like I mean Canberra has sort of been dominated for a while by these larger groups that have a bunch of cafes slash restaurants and things like that and it doesn't hugely contribute to community and and uh, you know it doesn't push each other in terms of creativity and and inventiveness like you, you say so like we found cool yeah. Yeah, 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 I mean, like, yeah, like, Rockford's a really good example where, you know, 
every couple of weeks we'll end up going to the pub with Nick who owns Rocket and shooting the shit and talking yeah. about like what, what wines we love and like what wines we've been drinking and all that sort of stuff. It's always over, you know, a carbon graft or something, so it seems a bit funny that we're talking about these $200 wines over a carbon graft. But anyway, um, yeah, CSI. Um, but yeah, I think there's a great community. Like people like Tash and Michael who just opened Keo in, in Braddon, which is a new like Japanese style cafe. You know, we hang out with a lot. Um, Teddy Kickers in, in um, Campbell, uh, and by Caleb and a few others. Who, you know, it's it's a really nice community. And they're always so supportive. Like every time we have an event, mm. it's it's you know the first three bookings are normally from like those mm. people, and then every time they yeah every time they do something, like we'll go down there. And I think I think that pushing is is definitely there and really important because we all want Canberra to do it because we love it and we think it's great and we think it's sick. And so you know we we I think choose to hang out with people who are trying to push and then you know say and we're all pretty honest with each other like you know we've we've had when we opened you know we had everyone kind of in for a soft opening and there was this was shit this was good this needed improvement why have you thought about this and um that sort of stuff and yeah we're all we're all pushing each other to be better which is cool i think that like you must have in canberra as well just found a appreciative clientele base in hospo crew who maybe been looking for something like what you guys are doing and and you know now it's a which is kind of cool as well yeah i think being open on sunday helps as well oh, I've, yeah. heard, I've heard the, the, the phrase thank fuck there's something good open on sunday <laughs> yeah. like four or five times in, in the time we've been open because i think yeah the tuesday to saturday is kind of sort of the standard and then sunday lunch has been a bit forgotten about and um yeah, we get a lot of hospital people in on Sundays because they can actually relax and drink a couple of bottles of wine and hang out. Yeah, yeah. nice. Yeah. I think even with like, having that community, that also helps us out because someone goes to Kia for a coffee and they're like, this thing, like, where do you go? And like, the first thing they say is go to park for dinner. Same with coffee, if people come in for a drink, they always come in with us. And like, we the same thing with them. Yeah. Like, we go yeah, it's so good. I think it's like, yeah. Yeah, like, I think it's, people shouldn't be scared of that, especially in small towns where it can easily be a, a rivalry because you're kind of fighting for the same customers and for a smaller customer base. But it, it doesn't help in the long term. Like, it might help you in the short term, but like if you really want to push it and get better and maybe more things, yeah, everyone needs to be able to buy into it. Um, so it's the same here. Like, if, if people ask me where, where I go, I tell them to go baby face or. When I drink, or if people come to us and they want to go to drink after, and we'll give them a couple of suggestions of people are friends with. Um, and yeah, we kind of hooked each other up, and yeah, I've borrowed things off Andy, and Andy's borrowed things off our printer once, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shocker. Can we get back to the printer? That's actually the, the serious guys. We should do a printer special. Yeah, yeah, that's a 23. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's good to have that. Like, like, and I, just, I think even in the morning, four or five years ago that just wouldn't have been the case where like people just wouldn't talk to each other like that yeah. unless they were like super super desperate like, the last thing you want to do is like ask the guy across the road if you can like, borrow something yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's nice to be only going to fall from that and help foster that and set the tone as well yeah yeah absolutely I mean we borrow more shit off on the table like, <laughs> yeah. that's like almost a weekly phone call yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah I, I completely agree and it's, it's all about yeah it's all it's all about just helping out because we all know what situation we're all in and exactly, we're all in yeah. the same same thing and yeah, yeah. yeah actually I think like you said that being honest with each other like I think it would just fucking always piss me off is it, uh, even like 
younger level chef, you'd ask my how many covers it is, and you'd be like, oh, fuck, 80? You're like, you yeah, yeah, fuck fucking 80, yeah, did yeah. you? Yeah. You'd be like, oh, yeah, it's busy, yeah, we did 60, but we did fucking 60. Yeah. It always been the same, like, I like the fact that me and Andy used to be like, Are you quiet this week? You're like, fucking dead, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, like that, it, that's refreshing and honest, and it, it kind of cuts that uh, comparison of worrying that someone else is doing so much better than you or, or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. No, I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah, it's really nice. And he was actually really, like, you know, even though it's a different city, and, mm. you know, when he first came down coming for lunch, you know, we basically started talking about the fears that we had and, mm. like, how quiet we'd been over, like, you know, after you go through that initial yeah, yeah, hype yeah. of you're open and then you drop off and we kind of spoke about our fears about that and Andy was like, dude, I've been through the exact same thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're not alone. And it was, it was really nice and refreshing to have someone kind of just be yeah. completely honest. Mm. Um, yeah, definitely, yeah. We record in fucking tell everyone. <laughs> <laughs> You're not alone out there. Cool, guys. Have you guys got any other, um, you know, events happening down in Canberra or anywhere else, or is there anything else you guys want to talk about or plug for Pilot? Uh, we've got in September Adam Liston from Shibosho mm-hmm. uh, in Adelaide. He's coming up for one night. Um, well, actually, you know, we're about to announce a second that's on the down low, so, you know, <laughs> listeners get the, get the, yeah, get listeners scoop. get the first scoop. All ten of them. All both of you. Yeah, so he's, he's coming up for a night to bring up his, like, yakitori, Asian barbecue inspired. Awesome. He's cool. taking over the kitchen, and then Mal's going to go down there in January. Um, on a Sunday, so that should be exciting. Uh, we're trying to tee up something with the, the Rockford guys to do a celebration for our first year. Yep. So end of September or beginning of October, um, something like Snappy, and they, they can make drinks heaps better than us, so we were thinking that they can come and make some drinks. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think that's kind of kind of what's on the cards at the moment. Um, yeah, yeah. And are you guys like, how are you guys going in terms of evolving your restaurant like is there has there been much I mean I was going to wrap up then but I just thought now um, like it it seems like it, from talking to you got you guys and Andy Simon there's just always little improvements that you're looking to make on everything yeah, um, yeah. is that is that just sort of continuing for you guys like what Andy said it's just a never ending thing that'll just keep yeah. going well I think for definitely Mal just gets sick and dishes so quickly so right. that menu has evolved so much. Um, Has it evolved in terms of like the style of food you're doing, or has it just evolved in terms of the dishes that Mal's putting on? I think a bit of both. I think it's become a more cohesive menu. It's become more sort of actually the, the whole thing is sort of one style. You know, when it when it opened, and not nothing against Mal, I love I love all of his food, but it was kind of separate dishes that they've been thinking about for the past sort of four or five years about like what to open with, and now it's kind of in line. This is menu and it kind of makes sense to the whole you know even little things like Sundays um, we ended up putting on a cheaper menu like a cheaper set menu alternative because we kind of worked out hey wait people probably don't want to spend near on a hundred bucks for, for a lunch yes. um, so like little things like that you know I think we've also become a little bit more comfortable with the style of service we want to do you know we stuff that we didn't do originally which we now, like now there was like when we serve snacks, we take away everyone's cutlery because we want to force them to eat with their hands. Yeah, it's cool. Like, <clears throat> it's a bit of fun because people think there's still this attitude of us being this like stuffy fine diner a little bit, 
But then as soon as they come in, you take away their colour and they're like, oh, wait, oh, fuck, all right, cool. So like, little things like that where we're constantly changing and I think it, it just becomes a better representation of what we wanted to do and now we're just a bit more comfortable doing it and thinking of new things and, yeah, improving. Yeah. The restaurant you open is never the one that you end up with in, in well, a year. Why the fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think at the tables like that, that's so stupid. Yeah, there's little things you work out in my life. always evolve. Like, we're thinking and probably about to sort of change our menu setup. Like, just a tiny little, small little change. We think it'll make a big difference. And then that's up to almost three years of opening. Yeah. Um, and we've done that probably every year, changed a little bit, or you know, how many snacks we do, or how many set courses we do, or how we you know, how many courses we describe it as. Yeah. Just little things like that, or yeah, how we set. Like, do, do we set for multiple courses or set each time, or all these tiny little tweaks? And you kind of, I think you just have to keep doing that, making the small changes and seeing the effects. And then if it works, it works. If it doesn't work, you can change it again. And being flexible and open like that I think is key. So keeping it, uh, keeping it fresh, as it were. Yeah. yeah and you got to respond to the customers because yeah, you know, as, as much as we can all fall back on that they don't get it, there's yeah. the ones driving our business. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you got to respond to what they what they want essentially in, in your way you know you want everything to be a part of your brand but yeah. you, you've still got uh, buns on seats and people coming through the door yeah and you, you can't make a little sacrifice like, like I, I always hate the like, lapping people Thing. I, just, I, don't, like, I can put it on my own crop yeah. <laughs> everyone's capable of that you do every situation but like I know that kind of customers do still like that here yeah. um, so we'll keep doing it until everyone decides to do it themselves yeah. <laughs> so it's like, little things like that it doesn't really make a difference in the scheme of things it's just like my own little, little tweet yeah. when I go to a restaurant yeah <laughs> I don't know if I like it or don't like it I can't decide on whether or not I like it and that can put on my lap for me or not yeah you guys like it? Do you like it? Yeah, yeah, I don't mind. It's, it's, it's a little bit special. I'm a little bit like, I don't know if I love it. The main reason I'm, I'm still very forward in us is because we put it, like, stylistically, we just put the, the napkins on the back of the chairs. So oh, cool. the chairs. Yeah. And I think that looks really cool, but you still get, if, if we don't laugh, then everybody yeah. just like, what's going on? You're like, you're like, you're like, you're like, if you have any perception, you look around the room and see yeah, yeah, every yeah. other napkins on the back of the chair, so maybe check there. They're like, they still don't. Idiots! Um, yeah. I'd be definitely be the one sitting on the napkin as well. For <laughs> sure. For sure. Why is it not on the table? Um, <laughs> what I do like, though, like, let's just keep talking about napkins. Um, I think that having a nicely folded napkin to come back come oh, back to yeah, after yeah, the toilet yeah, yeah, is, yeah, is, yeah. is the best yeah. like but they're just they're tiny little things because people, like, people don't see that everywhere they go like you said about like, the tomato and you can see them get the food ready when one of your party went to the bathroom and they just held it until you came back yeah and, and like that, that's kind of almost like standard practice at a you know, hiring restaurant but people just don't see that everywhere so when, when they like when you notice it yeah, it, it makes a big difference. Yeah. Same like, yeah, you come back and you napkin scroll with you. Like, it's a tiny little thing, it takes yeah. no time. It mm-hmm. makes that little bit of difference. Ah, so back on the back of your chair and you're still yeah. sitting on it. You will notice it, but it makes a difference. <laughs> and some of the food cross, I remember we went to Montfuku and we just happened to, we were there in four, and two people went, like one person went to the bathroom because they'd only got one toilet. Um, when they came back, another one at our table went to the bathroom. And we were sitting at the bar and they just had to throw out the whole course. Oh, really? Like they'd been sitting there and they're waiting, and as soon as the next person got up, like they were about to put it up, and 
Like you just see the pain on their faces. Like, Did you see them throw out a whole yeah, course? Yeah. Really? Because yeah. they weren't comfortable. It, yeah. it, that's like sometimes it gets the limit. You're like, what are they doing in there? <laughs> what are they doing in there? And you're like, fuck, I've got to, got to change it. Yeah, right. Or, or like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like, so like sometimes you can you can save some stuff and you know you might be able to replay it. But like, you know, sometimes it's, it's sort of fun to just fucking go everywhere and just sit in the lamps. Yeah. And like. So yeah, I haven't thought about that, the old bathroom, make the course again. Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's like a time in your head where you're like, <laughs> like I'm going to give it like a minute and I'm going to call it whether I've got to like three plate or if they get back within that minute, I can send it. Like, you also have like the customers a bit at the end of the night and they've been going to the bathroom, you know, every five minutes and yeah. you've been trying to hold the dishes and then they're like, this fucking took forever, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It took forever because <laughs> you made it take forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, whatever, you know, and then you just start sending people and they eat super slowly and then they're like, oh, we were here for two and a half hours. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Can we please go faster? Like, yeah, yeah. Okay, we can go faster, you can eat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just slam it on the throat. The joys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You hear that, customers? Short bathroom, fast eating. Yeah. <laughs> don't, eat yeah. Yeah. don't eat too fast because you're pretty busy then you can take your time enjoy it eat at the same speed I send the food just to see that we all just agree that it must be um, yeah you know those like I don't know like Farvican or like those tiny like 15-20 seaters where the whole oh, room yeah. gets their meals at the same time yeah, like yeah, that yeah. must That'd be, that pretty, that'd, be, that'd be the dream. That'd be the luxury. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was random conversations that like Tom and I always have of like, what if we did this? How many people we have to do and how much we have to charge yeah. to make that work? It's like, if we just did 10 people five hours a week, how much do we have to charge to make the same thing we do now? This is really hypothetical, but you're like, you reckon that would come first? I'm not going to just go to a 10-seater in Brisbane. Yeah, right. And it looks, it looks phenomenal. I think it looks great. It's just like 10 cents out of the kitchen bar. Yeah. It's oh, just those two working. They serve all the drinks. They do everything. Yeah. Really? Wow. Well. Yeah. That'd be really cool, yeah. Joy, that's the plus. Joy, check it out. Yeah. Brisbane. Yeah. Next time you're up there. Um, all right. Well, we've talked about little nitty-gritty hospitality yeah, for a little good. while now. True to the podcast. We haven't done a good, really hospo one for a while. So yeah. Um, is there anything you guys want to talk about? Pilot, Canberra, nothing? No, Happy. I think I mean, you, you've cool. got us to plug our restaurant in our cool. city, city a little bit, so yeah, we're, we're cool. Simon, have you got any questions for the guys? Uh, anything you want to talk about for yourself? Anything I thought of? Uh, Simon's so. just getting into yoga, folks, so he's yeah, feeling... Yeah, a lot of handstands. Yeah, yeah. handstands yeah. and yoga, yeah. it's good. Um, all right, let's leave it there then. Um, social media, guys. Uh, pilot Restaurant on Instagram. Um, yeah, that's it. Find it all there. Yeah. Simon, you guys are Caveau Restaurant, Instagram? Yep, still the same. Quicksand Food on Instagram if you want books. Um, Go to the podcast. You can find it at quicksandfood.com. You can search search it on iTunes or whatever you get your apps. Leave us a review. Uh, And if you're a person in hospitality that owns a restaurant or is a chef or is interesting in any way, you can come on and talk to us. Uh, Send us an email. Send me an email. Info at quicksandfood.com. Ross and Dash, thanks so much for coming and chatting to us. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Leave it there.